Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Mblex Test Prep Podcast. My name is David. I am your host on this wonderful, fabulous, amazing journey through the world of the massage and bodywork licensing exam. I know it's been a minute. I apologize for my absence uh, from this podcast. I've been really busy on a few things, uh, a few things coming out, of course, that you'll want to check out. So, of course, I have my study guide, my annual or semi-annual study guide. Make sure you check that out. Just go on to Amazon.com, search for Mblex Test Prep, and then whatever year you have to be listening to this podcast, and you'll find my latest study guide for sure. I have an app, the Mblex Test Prep app, available for iPhone and Android. You can find either of those. Just go on uh, either the App Store or the Google Play Store. Search for Mblex Test Prep or Merlino's Mblex Test Prep. That's M-E-R-L-I-N-O. If it doesn't have my name on it, it's not my app, of course. Look for those. You, you can sign up for a free account, take 125 practice test questions, and then an upgrade to the premium content, which I think is well worth it. It's only $24.99. You get over 2,200 practice test questions. You get over 1,600 pre-made flashcards. You get a matching assignment that's kind of like taking a test. Full con- full content review. Everything that you need to know for the Mblex is in that app, just like the study guide. Definitely check that out. I also have tutoring packages. Go to mblextestpreppshop.com. Pre-recorded tutoring packages, 25 hours of audio and video ready for you to start watching, listening to, and learning with as you prepare for the Mblex. So this is a really important episode for anybody that that wants to learn about sports injuries. Okay, so this interview is with a close personal friend of mine. Uh, his name is TJ Wilson, and some of you might know him better as WWE wrestler Tyson Kidd. Now he's had a couple major injuries in his career. So we talk about his career a little bit, and then we talk about these injuries and how massage therapy really helps him in his rehabilitation and his everyday life now that he is well no longer a professional wrestler so definitely uh look forward to that i'm going to take a quick break and then we'll jump into the interview Okay, so I am here with my close personal friend, TJ Wilson. For those of you who don't know, TJ is a professional wrestler, retired professional wrestler, I suppose, these days, yes, right? Sir. Let's jump into your history a little bit. Uh, how did you get started in the world of professional wrestling? The way I look at it, I kind of somehow won a lottery or something, and I happened to go to school with Teddy Hart. He he was like very persistent in me be in us being friends. I was not as warm to it as as he kind of was forcing it. And once I kind of gave in, I, I I was I was very happy with my choice. I just didn't know him at first, and then once I got to know him a little bit and got to know his family, you know, you know, the first time I went to his house was he lived in a he lived in a gym, which like you know now as a forty three year old man, I know what a gym is. Right. But when you're a ten year old kid, a gym is a gymnasium. It's you know, the hardwood floor and stuff. So you kept saying he lived in a gym. I remember going to his house and, you know, it was not what I expected. And he introduced me to a woman that was on the um, stationary bike. He said, hey, this is George. Well, I was in my head. I'm like, what? 
why is he introducing me to gym members? That George is his mom. He, he's, I don't know that he's ever called his parents, mom or dad a day in his life. So like right away, everything was just like, I'm getting hit with like all this, just the stuff that's very different when, when you're a 10 year old kid right, compared to right. what I'm used to. So, so I, you know, we go up to Sunday dinner and his grandfather is Stu Hart, who has a, funny enough, he has a gym in his house too, but his is a wrestling gym down in the, in the basement. And there's a ring set up outside when it's warm in Calgary, which is almost never, but, but there right. are, there is a little stretch where we, we get the ring set up. So when I went to his house, might, might've been the fall, it would have been the fall. And like, at least in my, in my mind, the ring is set up, but probably not to be honest, but they were very that like their whole family was very 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 into professional wrestling and i i watched a little bit of it with my cousin and i wasn't allowed to watch it because i came home and tried some of the moves on my younger sisters my mom well, quickly listen, banned we wrestling. all did we all did right <laughs> my mom quickly banned wrestling but i still had ninja turtles at the time so i was okay i i hadn't been in, i hadn't been engulfed by wrestling yet i haven't hadn't been really bitten by that bug i watched it once Tried it and uh, got it banned at my house. So SummerSlam '92, when I saw Brett Brett versus the British Bulldog at Wembley Stadium, that for some whatever reason that match told me this is what I'm gonna do. I would love to have a chat with that 12 year old kid that watched that match and was knew for a fact he'd make it. I'd love to have a chat with him and just know where the heck where the hell his confidence came from, man. Is it? So, uh, so after, after wrestling kind of grabbed you like that, how long did it take before you actually started breaking into the business? What happened was Harry and Teddy's brother, Matthew had a match in July of 1994. And I was a wrestling fan at this point, obviously. And, and like I said, the summer 792 matches is two years later. I remember Ted came by my house. Well, he wanted me to come to the show and they were going to, we were going to re- bring my video camera. I had a handheld camera and Ted didn't. And he wanted me to record this match. And um, I was trying to not blow him up, but I had another friend over and I was like, I wasn't going to go to the show. And my friend was like, oh, I have to go home anyway. So I was like, well, okay, we'll go. We went, Ted and I sat front row. Someone else recorded the match so that we could like watch it. We watched Ted and Ted's brother, Matthew and Harry wrestle. And the match is like only a little over like a minute long, but we sat there like so in awe of them, you know, how brave they were and how just right. the fact that they were like, they had a, this, vision and they here they were accomplishing it harry's eight years old matt was 11 years old so like and we looked at each other and we're like we're gonna be in that ring next Stu had a long standing relationship with this little town in alberta called rockyford and so they would have a little rodeo uh every summer and he would do shows on the saturday and the sunday and i remember we looked at each other and we knew about rock and we were like next year we're gonna be wrestling at rockyford that, that was the goal and it happened and it and it happened July nineteen nine July twenty third nineteen ninety five. Perfect. Had my first match. So how how old were you? Just turned fifteen. Just turned fifteen. Fifteen years yeah. old. And you're and you're already wrestling. I was not wrestling when I was fifteen years old for sure. So you're forty. How old are you again? Forty three. Forty three. That's right. So you've been in the business now for twenty eight years. Yeah, almost thirty years. That's, that's... yeah a lot of uh of pro wrestling and you know for people that that aren't aware pro wrestling does take a, a quite a bit of a toll on your body as we're going to discuss here yeah kind of the main topic of this of this little podcast while you were active you wrestled in japan canada u.s for different promotions right yeah you're just kind of it's kind of all over so at, at what point were you full-time on the road performing 
So uh, like 2005 is where I really start kind of wrestling full-time-ish. Yeah. And then really, you know, Stampede Wrestling at that point is running every two weeks or sometimes every week. And we'd have like other sh- – if you pick out a town in Alberta, I, I probably have wrestled there. How, but, how often a week were you actually wrestling? Is it just once or, or twice, maybe on the weekends? or? So, yeah, on the weekends usually. But but the training with my Japanese trainer, would sometimes it was five days a week. And sometimes as we get closer to like a tour or something, we'd be doing seven days a week. So seven days a week of like four or five hours of training and like a bunch of uh, conditioning stuff, squats and things like that. But then like hours of wrestling in the ring. Hours, hours, hours. You got to get your money's worth, right? They want you on the road. They want they want you in the ring for sure. So leading up to 2006, 2007, when things really start to take off for you, how much massage therapy were you receiving at that point? Not a whole lot. I remember um, a little bit. I actually I pinched a nerve. I thought in my neck at the time in 03, in between trips to Japan, and I remember like I got one or two massages in Calgary. And I felt better, but like, it's life. A couple hours later, I'd, I'd start to get tight. My neck, my traps would get tight again. That numbness right. would come. And so then I, you had numbness like down your, in your arm? Okay. Yeah, down my arm. And of course, you know, we'll get there. But in my mind, what's so crazy, I remember I was like, I know I have a, I know I have a broken neck. I know I have a broken neck. Well, I got this numbness. At that point, Edge had just gotten hurt. A few guys prior to him with Rhino and a bunch, you know, a bunch of guys. And I was like, I know it. I know it. And right. it was my third tour of Japan. One of the guys was like, they, because I, I wrestled a stampede kid there. So they'd all call me, they'd usually, most of them would call me Kidson. One of the guys was like, Kidson, you are very tough. You never injury, never trainer's room. And then I was like, yeah, I'm kind of faking it, man. In my head, I'm thinking that. Right. And then I was like, wait a minute. I'm so glad he mentioned that. I'm going to go talk to the trainer right now about a massage. And so yeah. I go there and I'm trying to, I'm explaining to him and like, I'm speaking broken English. She's speaking broken English back to me about like, I'm trying to explain to him what's going on. Like I've, I've seen, like, I've seen like a wrestler in Japan be so beat up and then I go see the trainer and they put on some tape and magically everything's okay. Or like, so anyway, the guy starts to work on me and he said, okay, he's explaining. He said, when I push on you, if you feel like an electric shock, tell me. I said, okay. And I was explaining to him, like I was positive it was in my neck or whatever. Dude, he starts like pushing I'm like, he's kind of pushing on my chest. And I'm just like, in my mind, I was like, what a waste of time. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, right. right there. Exactly. Dude. That's how it always worked. He worked on me and it was so much better. I went home and I did get an x-ray because I just wanted to be sure. And they were like, nope, your neck's fine. You have a slight tilt. And they gave me this cream. Uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but like diclofenic gel or something like that it was a anti-inflammatory it said they're okay. like when you put it on your skin you won't it doesn't have a heating sensation or a cooling sensation so like it's working layers down so dude i put it on one time and then like i literally i remember i was up in our guest house that we lived in and i was watching tv and just like all of a sudden i just started feeling this pulsating and then just like this release i could feel like the feeling all coming back the only times that the feeling would like come back and I'd feel good is when I was wrestling and working out. The problem was after doing those activities, how tight my neck and traps right. and body would get. And the numbness would almost feel like getting it back to kind of being numb felt worse than when it was actually numb, if that makes sense. No, I completely understand for sure. But um, then I was like, okay, this guy fixed me. And okay, I'm, I'm a massage guy now. Exactly. 
I, all it takes is one and then you're hooked, right? So when you're, when you're full-time working with WWE, how often are you getting massages then? Honestly, not that often at first, a little bit here and there, you know, when you're first on the road in WWE and you're on the road four or five days a week and it's just such a change. There's before that I'm in developmental. I'm in, and right. I'm in FCW. I'm in the minor leagues. I'm in FCW. So we're, I'm like, I'm home every single night for like almost two years. And then to go on the road and you're on the road four or five days a week. And every day is a different city, different town, different arena. You just start to, you start to tell yourself that you don't have time for things. I don't have time to get this massage because I got to do this. But the, the good thing is in WWE, they have a TV. They will have a massage therapist. So I would once in a while get in there, but like, you know, you're brand new. I'm brand new. So I've got to make sure like more senior guys that right. have the, 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 the power don't, I'm not taking up their time or I'm not, they don't come in. They probably need it a lot more, right? Exactly. So, but the truth is a little bit later, a couple of years on the road is where I start really getting massages regularly. Do they bring a massage therapist in locally? Do they, do they find somebody locally or do they have somebody traveling with them? No, locally. Do do you know how, how they find those people or does just somebody Mm -hmm. know somebody? I think it's just it's just somebody knows somebody or like somebody is put in charge of it and maybe it's the same person in every town I don't know and then they they just probably you know Google or something networking is I know that we have tried thing. we have tried to get a we have tried to get a this girl that's really good we tried getting like the company to like sign her but it just I don't know there there was a they were very against it at that time and i i don't really know why i don't know the the what, how long ago was that a little before the pandemic i think the boys okay. were really trying to push hard i was i was thinking it would be a, a way way earlier than that i think they used to have a chiropractor maybe full time i don't know 100% for sure gotcha so once in a while you get a massage while you're performing right yeah uh, what what kind of massages would you be getting are, are they just kind of maintenance massages are you doing anything are you doing massages at the shows beforehand between the shows and what kind of massages are you getting with that usually i'm getting um deep tissue and it would be usually like uh in between being on the road like normally i would for the most part i'd get them when i would come home i wouldn't really get them like like if I would got banged up with something, I might go get a massage from the person at TV. But like I said, I don't want to step on anybody's toes and especially the wrong person's toes. And maybe their toes are extra sore. Right. So I got to make sure I really don't step on those toes. Exactly. A lot of, a lot of politics go into uh, the yeah. backstage area. You don't, don't want to yeah. mess with anybody. And of course I'm explaining all this. Like, of course I know, but every, everybody no, that doesn't it. know there's there's a lot more that goes into into the pro wrestling environment than you might think yeah okay so let, let's talk about one of your one of your injuries you destroyed your knee during a house show uh, that's like an yeah. untelevised show what what happened with that what were your injuries um and just just kind of lay out everything that that went into that specific injury i i always joke around that the crowd was like the crowd was rocking if the crowd if that audience wasn't so so hot, I wouldn't have got hurt that day. Right. <laughs> so, listen, sometimes no. it, it's it just gets to you, right? No. Um, we were in Green Bay, and it was a spot, and I'm 
I'm going to get thrown out of the ring and I go, I'm going to go through the ropes. And I actually, I would do, I would take a pretty like gnarly looking bump all the time when I would take, I, it was just something I kind of learned to do in my, uh, in my a, a bump days. is when you, when you land, like either when on you, the when you on take the a fall. Right. So I get thrown through the ropes and I would generally, I would almost like front roll, but like in almost, and then into a fall onto the floor. And I, I would got, I was very accurate at it. And in that, didn't hurt me. I never got hurt on that bump. And it actually looks more gruesome than what ends up happening. But anyway, I, the crowd was rocking. Like they were so loud. It was awesome. And <laughs> as I'm getting thrown out in my mind, I was like, okay, I want to give them a little extra. I, I thought I was made, I could maybe like almost, we have like steel grates as the, as the barricade, you know, between us, uh, the ring and the fans. And it's not, it's, it, we have a few feet outside the ring to play with. And we, you know, we use the, the barricades as a, as a, as a weapon a lot. And last second, as I'm getting thrown through, I was like, I'm going to dive like straight. And the thing that's going to break my fall is that barricade. Like I'm going to crash in that barricade. Like, I want this to look ugly. Like these people are with this. I want, I want to give them everything. And that's what I was going to do. As my head goes through the ropes, I was like, Ooh, that's a little far. It's a little further than I thought when I was in the middle of the ring getting taken towards the ropes. As I'm getting as I get to the ropes, I realize, oh, it's a little further than I thought. It's the only time I think probably in my career where I second guess something once I committed to it. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'll just rotate over, I'll land on my feet and fall in. Like I'll land on my feet as close as I can to the barricade and fall into it almost in one motion. And when I Landed, I landed all on my right foot and it was completely straight. And so I hyperextended the hell out of my knee. In my mind, I'm stuck on this one foot trying to fall into the barricade for like five seconds. Like I just, and then finally I, I fall and I hit. And I don't remember how, I don't remember putting my hands up to hit the barricade. I don't remember any of that. I remember laying down and this, I can clear as day remember this suspense. And man, that looked like it hurt. And I was thinking, not my face. I was down face down and I'm supposed to feed up for something. Um, a wrestler, Jinder Mahal was supposed to hit me with a, a flying knee behind the ref's back. And I just laid face first on the floor because I could not bend my knee, my right knee. I couldn't, couldn't move it. What structurally was damaged? I tore my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus, my LCL. And I had a, a tibia plateau fracture. So right and so when I saw Dr. Andrews, he, so when he, he did his little, he did his test. Lock, the Lockman, like, Lockman test where you, where you take the knee and kind of, or the leg and shift it and see how much play yeah. is in the knee. For those that don't know, like Dr. Andrews is like the, the man when it comes to ACL surgeries, ACL repair. I mean, maybe, maybe most athletic surgeries period, but ACL, he's the, the, the guru. Man, he, he literally like touched my knees or gadgets to yeah, but then he then he went, and I re I really took a lot of pride in this. Then he came back after he went and looked at the imaging and came back. He said, "You told me you're not in pain." I said, "Well, like I'm not. Like it didn't. Once it was torn and stuff, a doctor here in Tampa. I went and saw him. That was where I got the MRI and stuff. And he actually took out 30 cc's of fluid and blood out of my knee. And once nice. he took that out, it felt it felt really good." I didn't yeah, do just anything to, just to relieve that pressure because it's probably just inflammation. That's what was causing the the pain that you were feeling. But 
Yeah. So then, so when I went and saw Dr. Andrews, it was a couple of weeks after the guy took the 30 cc's out. So, and my knee wasn't even really that swollen. I don't know where this stuff just kept coming from. But anyway, he, uh, Dr. Andrews came in and he said, hey, you told me you're not in pain. I said, I'm not. He said, well, you're one of the toughest guys I've seen. And he's like, your knee, he said, your knee is almost, this is almost a complete dislocation. And I was like, oh, I when I guess when, when TJ does things, he, I do things, I do things as big as I can. So yeah, you, you go all out for sure. So you had everything repaired, right? Yep. How, how long was your rehab and was massage therapy part of that rehab? Yeah, actually like almost right away massage therapy. Because of the tibia plateau fracture here in Tampa, the, the, the doctor that saw me thought that it, I had to wait for that fracture to heal before the surgery. So I was already going to this place D1 and I was doing prehab. They expect to see me on Monday for more prehab. And then here I come walking in on crutches and post-surgery right. <laughs> that they didn't know about. And they were like, oh, this is different. So then that's when the massages really started. They would, they would massage my knee for like, they'd massage this gel into my knee for like 20 minutes before every therapy session. And like 20 minutes after is the best is it's the best part is when he's massaging it before the rehab, it feels really good, but I know like, okay, now, but I got to go do all this work on this knee. When he'd be massaging at the end of the, of the session, it would be like, Oh, this is over. Today's over. Thank God. His name is Al. The two, two guys that worked with the D1, Al and Mitch, they were amazing. I was going three days a week, probably three hours at a time, especially once I started getting a lot more mobility. I remember asking, I said, hey, can I come? I just wanted to get better. And I was like, can I come five days a week? And they're like, no, 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 no. They're like, we work you so hard. You need that recovery day. I was exactly. Like, are you sure? Like, yeah, okay. Just make it yeah, double sure. Calm, like, calm down, just calm down. You'll, you'll get better, you'll get better. Now, and telling me, hey, this is the first time you've ever been like injured, injured. We know that you're like crazy, good crazy, but crazy. Relax, take this time and don't don't be a maniac of like, you gotta get back and crazy. Now I'm a name drop a little bit, but I remember, I rest, so I got hurt in January, or in December, my surgery is in January, 2013. I go up to WrestleMania in New York that year in um, March, 2013. So three months after my surgery, three and a bit. I see Randy Orton and he was funny. He is like, he said, man, I love it. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, he asked me how my knee was. And then he was like, he said, well, he said, I like how pale you are right now. And like, you're not as quite as Jack. He's like, so I can tell that you're like, you're not going crazy with this, like not being on the road, which he was right. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a balance and it's, everyone's going to be different. And it's a matter of like, okay, your life just changes when you're on the road 24 seven and all of a sudden it, it goes from like a hundred to zero. It's a change, right. man. Just like going from zero to a hundred. It's a giant change. Uh, so, okay. So after you're recovered, uh, you start back in with the, the wrestling and everything, right? With my knee. Yes, sir. Yep. And you're back to doing like just the maintenance massage in between shows and everything, right? Yeah. And, and in my time where I had that, when I did have uh, my knee surgery and I was at home for the first time in a long time like that. This is where I did start getting more regular massages just because like doing that rehab was tough, man. Like uh, right. learning how to like run it, like learning how to kind of walk again, but you know, but run, learning how to run again is a weird thing when you're 32 years old is bizarre. Exactly. 
And, so, you know, just the training, like my conditioning wasn't the same. So like, you know, like I was using, like I was using different muscles to help me out and kind of fake it a little bit. And so I started getting a lot more massages during that time. What muscles were they specifically working on uh, to help you? At the rehab or just in, ge in general? Uh, uh, both. So during the rehab and then after rehab. During the rehab, they'd always the be, they'd always be like rehabbing my, they'd always be like massaging my, like my knee and uh especially at first getting just just around the patella or yeah the like, like right on the kneecap yep okay anywhere else i'd go for the most it would just be like full body massages and like i would of course tell them like i had knee surgery whatever like three months ago uh, and they're so they just would like move me gently but like they would they would do the normal like massage my legs not a lot of like stretching during the massage right no stretching that, no no traction especially on the knee right I yeah imagine yeah, definitely want to let that let those areas heal before you get back in and, and do more Absolutely. work on those. After you have rehabbed, you're back on the road, you're back on TV, you're you're doing your thing. Can you tell us about the Samoa Joe incident? Yeah, um this is the big one, everyone. Yeah, it's the big one. It's definitely the big one. Yeah, I was back on the road full time. I was literally I get hurt on June 1st, 2015, but from like I wrestled Neville at that first takeover is the end of May, 2014. So like from that, like April, May, 2014 to, to, to June, 2015, I, I had a, I had a pretty good run for my body of work. I was very, it's, it's my, it's my best work. It's by, it's my best work by far. And I'm, I'm in a way I'm proud of it that, or I'm, I am very proud of it but in a way there's a little at least like when I got hurt, I look, I try to look at the silver lining at least like when I got hurt, I hadn't started like descending. I was still ascending. So like, at least like that kind of feels good. If that makes it a part of it hurt, makes it sting a little more where it's like, damn, who knows what that potential right. could have been. But, but the other part was if it, if I, if I had the same neck injury a year earlier, I wouldn't have accomplished that yet. So like, then I, I don't know. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same. I don't know. The match with Joe, just the, it came down to uh i took his finish the muscle buster and that's where I you're him, you're up on his shoulder your head's right here and he's holding yeah, my, head's legs, in, right? my head's inside his shoulder and he's got my legs my legs are bent up here and he's got my legs and most people's arms are kind of in here i noticed i have a picture mine so if i'm joe holding like this i'm actually both my arms are wrapped under his so if you look at the picture, you your physics, you will absolutely understand why this happened. I had my arms in the wrong spot. I had never wrestled him before. We I'd met him a little bit um, at Christian's house a couple times, and uh, I met him in Ring of Honor one time. I wrestled there, and he he was always even. Yeah, you know, I just saw him. I just saw him on Thursday, and he's oh sorry Wednesday, and he's never been anything but a gentleman to me. It just was one of those things we, and when we hit, like when you see the picture, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. When we hit, my just my head has nowhere to go. All the weight pops up, and just and then the ligament holding my C two in place ruptured, like on impact. And I saw the brightest white light of my life. Like I've been, I've been concussed. I've had a few concussions wrestling, and I, you know, you see a little white flash. Right. This was like a thick, thick white. Like that was going through this light for so long. It's like, damn. And my, I was completely paralyzed from the neck down for a few seconds, probably right, yeah. 
It's about to say you actually rolled out of the ring after that, which is yeah, probably, amazing. Probably five seconds. I was paralyzed. And then once I was not, once the paralysis went away, like a pretty intense pins and needles. Right. Like they're all like. Paresthesia. Yeah, now the feeling was coming back. And then almost like that scene from Alien where like the alien comes out of the stomach. That's what it felt like was happening in the back of my neck. Mm. It felt like some something was going to shoot through the back of my, this creature was about to burst out of the back of my neck. Right. And I can laugh about it now. But eight years ago, death, I didn't have a smile on my face. Well, this was going down. No, I, I sent you a text, I think, when you were in the hospital. I, I, I didn't, I had no idea until like two days later. I'm like, are you okay? Dude, you said, so, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, I don't think you were fine. So what, after, after that happened, obviously you go to the hospital, right? How quickly after you get to the hospital, do they get you into surgery to get that fixed? So I get hurt. I go to the hospital. They do, I believe, a CAT scan. And then they just, I, I'm sitting down and then almost like a SWAT team. Oh, this like group of medics come in and they're like, don't move. And they like, they cut my, I remember they're like, we're going to have to cut your shirt off, sir. And I was like, yo, I can just take it off. Like, no, don't move. <laughs> and they like cut my shirt off. They, they were intense and they were bringing me to a different place that specializes in cervical injuries. And so they brought me there then, but there wasn't a room for me. So I, there was a bed. I, I slept in a bed. By sleep, I mean I, I laid in it. In the basement of this hospital, man, freezing, no real phone service, like one bar. If I moved it in the right spot. Oh, here we go. I got right. one. It was pretty horrible. Then the doctor came in in the morning. I always say this. He might need a course on how to talk to people, but. Bed, bedside manner, not the best. But he he at least took, hit me with the truth. He, he came walking in, man. It might be. I, feel like it's like 10 a.m. Cesaro just got there with uh, with my Starbucks order and my Chipotle order, which I promise you he knows to this day because he's just wired like a madman. And he's a truly a great human and a great, great friend. So he's in there and the doctor comes in the sur- and he said, hey, he said, we, we have to do emergency surgery. He's like, uh, you have a C2 injury. We have to fuse your C1 and C2. And he said, uh, your wrestling career is over. And I was like, oh, hi, nice to meet you, too. <laughs> well, you know, at least he didn't but, but, you know, let you get your hopes slept. up, you know. But here's the thing, man. When I experienced that paralysis and when I sat there that whole night with just the, the pain in my neck, and I knew that I knew I would never wrestle again. Right. So when the doctor said it to me, I was so numb at the time. Cesaro's the one who starts like, kind of wiping his eyes. He was, that's how set, upset he was for me. Right. I, I, I'd come to that realization while I was sitting there, you know, the, the, by this point, it, it had been over 12 hours of, that I'd been hurt. So anyway, he did want to do surgery like right away. Then Natty was very funny. She said, hold on, are you the best? And to his credit, so he might need, he might need a little lesson on how to break bad news to people, but he also, but he has great self-awareness. Natty said, hold on, we have access to the best through WWE. Are you the best person because this is obviously a really bad injury. And he said, he said, I can do this surgery. He's like, but to be honest, I'm not the best. And that he said, well, then I'm sorry, but I don't think we'll. So then what he was going to do, he's going to let me like, he was going to let me give me like a, you know, uh, authorized, like he, he was going to let me leave the hospital and then come back in a, I had to promise him I wouldn't do anything. And then and they, well, they, they need to do emergency surgery, but they'll let you leave the hospital. 
This is what he decided this moment. Doesn't make a lot of sense. But then then when he found out that I didn't live in San Antonio, he changed his mind and I wasn't allowed to leave. So they had to get an airlift. The airlift. The surgeon happened to be here in Tampa and now he's in Phoenix, Dr. Uribe. But he he just happened to be in Tampa. So then I'm sitting in that hospital in San Antonio for a few days, uh, waiting on an airlift. But I did get I did get a room that that Tuesday morning. They they brought me up to a room. So I had Perfect. That. Perfect. <laughs> So how long was the rehab for that injury? And what There's kind no, of rehab were they having you do? There was no real rehab. Yeah, it just was, they were like, hey, so this injury is going to be different than what you've had before. They're like, this one's the opposite. Instead of like, like with the knee, they put that tissue, you know, they used my uh, patella tendon to make a new ACL in my knee. Right. So like you're, you're, you're introducing like, you, it's just, it's your body's tissue, but you're, you know, now making this new thing and you got to stretch it. And with the neck was very different. They said, it's the opposite. We don't want you moving. You got to let that bone fuse. But uh, when the surgeon went in, he was like two things. He said, wow, it was the surgery he thought was maybe going to be about two, two and a half hours. It was four and a half. And he said, two things were, he said, man, your head was, had no stability when I went in there. He's like, it was a bobblehead. He's like, and he said what took so long was going, because he went through the, the back and the rear, and he didn't want to cut through the muscle and damage it. So he was right. gently like combing. And he said, he said, you have such a dense amount of muscle in your neck. He said, okay, let's take religious stuff. Let's take God out of it. He said, I would chalk your, the only reason you survived this is due to the muscle in your neck. He's like, but, uh, uh, but he, he kind of insinuated it was he felt it was more God than, than the muscle in my neck. All right. That's his belief. All right. So rehab, essentially, you're just keeping your neck still, right? For Yeah, I had the, I had the collar. So I, I get the surgery about three weeks after the injury, but I'm at home every day, like doing, doing nothing. I just have like the collar. I was doing some, like I was allowed to go to the gym, but I, you have to, I have to wear the collar everywhere. It's also, not only is it helping me, it's also a little bit of a billboard of like, hey, this guy, there's clearly something a little bit wrong. So like, don't right. bump into, that, you know what I mean? So I was allowed to do like some stationary bike, but I had to be very careful. I'd only go to the gym with like with Natty, but otherwise I don't. And then I wear that brace for another three months post-surgery. So I wear it for three weeks prior and then three months post. So almost four months of that collar. Uh, if you want to either, if you have a worst enemy you want to torture, or if you have a friend that you want to test your friendship and see if maybe they will be your enemy, put that collar on them for four months and see what happens. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't seem like uh, something I'd enjoy personally. Horrible is horrible. So, what kind of massage do you receive now? Uh, since you're retired, you're not. I mean, obviously, you're still exercising, lifting weights, yeah. you know, doing cardio. Are there specific things that you try to do now, or or is it just kind of whatever? Um, now I get more massages than ever, and it's a lot of. I have a guy here that comes twice a week and works on me. He does like a, a bunch of adrenal stuff. Most of it's very light to the touch stuff, but it like, I don't know, man, it's, it's almost otherworldly, worldly. I'll just like, I will get some of the best, deepest, like little, maybe 20 or even hour long naps ever. Like he, it's wild, his, his stuff. And I felt really good ever since he started working on me. And I get a lot of deep tissue massages and sports massages. I have a guy that comes here usually once a week or once every two weeks. And then I have, I have two memberships at two different massage places, 20 minutes for me. So, I mean, I'm, I'm getting massages all the time. 
all the time. And 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 Natty's still on the road. So is yep. and, is and, she and, getting and mas- she's getting massages all the time too. Like I wish I'd I wish I'd gotten done this type of maintenance while I was on the road. I'm glad I'm doing it now and I'm I feel really good. Can every all things considered, especially I feel amazing. But right. I wish I wish I had been smart enough to do this while I was a in-ring performer. Exactly. So when, <laughs> so when you get massages, do you just kind of trust the massage therapist and what they want to do? Or or do you develop kind of a treatment plan with the therapist? Like sometimes I'll just like book, I'll be like, you know, I'm tired from this flight. From t- I'm going to book a massage for when I get home. And I'll just book a massage. Sometimes I'm not able to get in with like my regular people. So if it's a, if it's someone that I haven't really worked with, I will tell them that I had neck surgery. I'll be like, it's a long time ago. And obviously you'll see the scar or whatever, but Right. Everyone that's worked on it has been pretty good. With the neck injury specifically, are there any precautions that the therapists take with you? Or obviously not, probably not a lot of traction going on in the neck. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of traction, not not too much like movement or stretching. Like both of my massage girls, they both are big into a lot of stretching. They do a lot with the legs and the arms. With the neck, they are they are very gentle in terms of the stretching. Like they will stretch, but they will like, they will gently, gently, and they'll get me like kind of there, but it's nothing. They're not, it's nothing, no, not forceful or anything. Awesome. And that that's all communication. You communicated what happened in the past and, and they know to just kind of watch Absolutely. out for that. Right. Well, the, the one girl, I, don't, I didn't know what happened. My neck, it was post-surgery and my neck, something happened. I, a guy was talking to me at the grocery store. And when I turned, something got caught. And I just felt like my body gets so tight for like three days, like yawning. If I'd yawn, it would hurt my neck so much. And I went and saw my massage girl. And at this point, I just am developing this relationship with her. And I'm explaining to her what's going on. And she's working on me. And as she's working on me, she like, she's working on my back and stuff. And now she's on my neck. And all of a sudden you just feel this like, I was like, oh, I was like, that feels so amazing. And she said, oh, your, she said my ligament was stuck on a screw. Okay. Ligament in my neck was stuck on one of the screws in my neck. Right, and when I saw my sense. surgeon for my six month checkup, and I explained that to him, and it happened just prior, maybe at the four month mark or something. And he said, Oh, yeah, that's pretty common. Right. Which I didn't know. But like, I felt, I thought she was like, I thought she was like the best, like, voodoo miracle worker of all time when she got that tendon off that screw. Got it. Okay. So I, th- I, I, think that's those are all the questions i have do you have do you have any oh, yeah. any massage therapists or anything you want to plug while you're here um uh, man i wish i knew like their last names there's a this the girl Corey at massage envy in new tampa and ivy in uh hand and stone in new tampa and then uh, my my guy my guy matt he, but he's like he kind of works in nxt a little bit he circus this guy's just he, he works on everybody like Corbin, he works on like the roster, Matt, he works on at least half the roster, keeping us all going. So sounds like he's pretty busy then. They're busy people. Okay. Um, Do you have, do you have any, uh, anything you want to plug while you're here? Any um, social media, anything like that? I mean, I'm I'm on Instagram. I'm at TJ Wilson, 7-Eleven. It's my birthday. Right. Um, And I'm on Twitter. I I thought you just love slushies. That's it. Or Slurpees, excuse me. (laughs) Or, and then I'm on x or twitter whatever it is today uh, uh, at tj wilson and uh, uh and then i have workhorse workhorse fitness as well but um, that's a that's like fitness uh related products um supplements yes. stuff like that right yeah 
Yep. Okay. And my, it's really, it's really just, it's, I, I guess it's more of a, it is, it is those things, but what we're kind of developed, like the little community that we have of it is it's developing almost like a making yourself better, like getting, you know, just whatever that is. If it's, if it's working out more, if it's, you know, taking care of yourself more, you know, just being more, a little bit more attentive to your body's needs. Getting more massages, getting more massages, of course. Absolutely. Uh, so TJ, it's been uh, great talking to you. Um, hey, my pleasure. Sorry, sorry to keep you so long. Uh, just a, no, just a no lot problem. to talk about, of course. Thanks a lot. So that is going to wrap up this episode of the Emblex Test Prep Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I enjoyed conducting the interview. Good luck to TJ and all of his future endeavors, of course. So definitely check out emblextestprep.com. Check out my study guides, my app, my tutoring packages, everything I have for you as you prepare for the Emblex. Until next time, this is David.